I think it's very important for us who went to return home and communicate with those who sent us what God, uh, some of the things God did. And by the way, um, you are the church, you are the sending agency. The church is the one that sends out. That's the mission of the church. In fact, that is one of the sole uh, reasons that we exist, is to raise up believers to be disciples of Christ, who will in turn make disciples of Christ, who will in turn make disciples of Christ, that it's an ongoing reproductive process. So this morning and this evening, first of all, I'm going to share with you this morning some of the things that, um, how we saw God's power at work, and then tonight you're going to hear uh, some more specifics of what we did. I'm going to invite you this morning to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to share with you just six brief things this morning of how we saw God's power at work. Let's begin reading with verse 10. We're going to stop at um, verse 17 for the time being. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would encourage your people today, reminding us of your great power that is at work in us as we seek to do your work and your will. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing that we saw about God's power, and I would not say first as in order, but the first thing I will speak of is the power of God's armor and the weapons that he has given us against the enemy. You know, the enemy is the devil. The devil is alive and well. And anytime you step out to do anything for God, he will attack you. And that's why many people will not step out. They'd rather sit in the pew because it's safer and it's easier and they're not going to be under attack. But the moment you step out, the moment you say, I will, the devil says, oh yeah, And he seeks to discourage you. He seeks to fight against you. And we, as a team, experienced that, did we not? We experienced the attacks of the enemy. And first of all, it was through sickness. 
Now, uh, God, there's many purposes of sickness and many reasons for sickness. But one, I believe, the devil uses and can use sickness to discourage and to hinder people from serving the Lord. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's just a, a part of life. But before we pre prepared to go and we're trying to get ready to go, we had five of our team members sick before we ever left uh, this property, before we ever took off. And uh, that was one of his attacks that he was trying to keep us from going. Another was uh, intimidation. Several of our team members, including myself, felt the, the, uh, the attack of intimidation that the devil brought upon us. Could we uh, really do what God had called us to do? Could we really stand before a group of strangers and um, lead them and help them? We faced fear. We faced insecurity. We faced feelings of uselessness. And all of these things were not normal feelings for us in our normal routine of life. But when you step out and you do something a little bit different, and uh, the devil begins to attack in that way, and we realized that we needed the power of God. And that it wasn't us. It wasn't anything of us. We needed God's power. And church, I say to you, that's the same for you. It's the same for you. You and I need the armor of God daily. The devil's attacking you. He seeks to steal, to kill, and to destroy. His wiles are, and they're called wiles because they're very subtle. His attacks upon you. When you start feeling certain things or when you're trying to serve the Lord and do the right thing, he is going to come against you and you need to put on the armor of God. We also got to see God's power uh, in a sense the power of the gospel. Verse 15, he says, Having your, sheet, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Isaiah tells us that how, our, the, how beautiful are the feet of those who take the good tidings of peace. And the, the, the shoes or the feet that carry the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's power that goes with that. And that's why the devil works so hard. He works so hard to hinder the spread of the gospel. He works hard against those who attempt to share and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we got to hear, at least indirectly, of the power of the gospel. We met dozens. Uh, there were well over 100 missionary families that were there that we got to visit with. Not all of them did we get to visit with, but dozens of them different members of our team, and we got to hear how the gospel was making a difference in that part of the world, and that the gospel was penetrating the darkness, and I don't know what you know about that part of the world where we went, but it is, it's like every other part of the world, dark, spiritually dark, much like in America, it's just a different kind of darkness, but we heard stories of how God was calling people out of darkness into his glorious light. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says this, It is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God was reaching, is reaching out to Buddhists. God is, is reaching out to Muslims. God is reaching out to... Uh, Indians and, and all those people in that area, and he's penetrating their darkness. But yet it's a small section 
of that population in that area that are believers. And that is why we need to keep going. We need to keep sending. We need to keep praying. And we need to keep encouraging our missionaries. We also saw God's power, the power of his word. One of the things that I was intimidated about was standing before uh, that many or missionaries. Uh, something I'd never done before. And what would I share with them um, that maybe they didn't already know or that would encourage them where they are because I've not lived the life that they're living. And we, so I ask you, some of you ask you to pray for that kind of thing. But what we heard was, or what I was encouraged by was the power of God's word. Verse 17 says in Ephesians 6, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. God's Word, when it is shared, strengthens people. It encourages them, and it challenges them. What I tried to share with our missionaries while we were there, I wanted them to remember their salvation experience. We talked about, we, from Exodus chapter 29, a lot of what I shared with you on the last several Wednesday nights about us being a kingdom of priests, and that they, we needed to remember how we were cleansed and how we were washed. And that it was the blood of Jesus Christ that's cleansed us from sin. It's something sweet to remember how you were saved. Let me ask you this this morning, church. Do you remember when you were saved? Do you remember when Jesus cleansed you of your sin? Do you remember the life change that, that Jesus made in your life? That ought to be a sweet remembrance for you. If you're struggling this morning and you can't remember that, maybe that didn't happen for you. Maybe it's something you need this morning. You're a church member or you're at least a church attender for you're here this morning. But can you remember the day? Maybe not date, maybe not even year, but can you remember the experience of being washed with the blood of Jesus Christ? That's an encouraging experience. I, I challenge them to remember that they were called by God. Did you know you're called by God? Every one of you here today that names the name of Jesus Christ, you are called by God, commissioned by Him to be a missionary. I tried to encourage them to remember that they're dedicated to God. More than being dedicated to the task, we are dedicated to the task giver. More than being dedicated to the commission, we're dedicated to the commissioner. And that is God Almighty. How's your relationship with God Almighty? How's your relationship with the one true God? Are you connected to Him? Are you walking with Him through His Word and time alone with Him in prayer? You know, missionaries are just like us. They struggle with time issues. And putting that and making that a priority in your life is a major component of successful Christian living. I tried to encourage them to remember that their children... We were dealing with homeschool family missionaries, but that their children and that their families was their first mission field. And dads, I want to say a word to you. I know you're busy, and I know your career is a lot of times where men find their, their um, sense of security and their sense of identity. But men, let me remind you, your first mission field is your wife and your children. Moms, I want to remind you, you may be a working mom or you may be a stay-at-home mom. And it could be your career. It could be taking care of the, the house. But your first mission field are those little ones under your feet. Raising them up. And the nurture and the admonition of the Lord is our first 
responsibility. We're trying to reach a new generation of believers. Where's that new generation? They're living in our homes. They're living in our homes. And sometimes we overlook those under our own feet to reach those across the street or across the ocean. Don't neglect the ones in your own home who are looking to mom and daddy and grandpa and grandma for an example, a testimony, to hear and to see the Word of God. I tried to encourage our missionaries to remember the power of the Holy Spirit, that they don't operate in their own strength. I remind you of that too. We have a helper that's been given to us, the Holy Spirit. He's a person. He's the person of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We don't operate in our own strength. The life that God's called us to live, it's not of our own power. It's not of our own doing. We need an external, actually, yea, an internal force who lives within us, the Holy Spirit, to help us. And then I try to re- encourage them that, to remember that they're always on mission. They're never off duty for Jesus. I challenge us in the same way to remember that. You see, you're on duty this morning. You got your best clothes on. Maybe not your best, but your most Sundayest. Your Sundayest clothes on. You got your Sundayest attitude on. Some of you are faking it till you can make it. And your own duty. Preacher's looking at you. Your own duty. Got to make sure I'm on my P's and Q's. I'm on my best behavior because I got other, preach, other uh, uh, Christians looking at me, watching me. Listen, you're always on duty. Always. You never are off duty for Jesus Christ. Wherever you go, whatever you do, There's somebody looking to you. I I gave this example to our missionaries, and I gave it to our church a few Wednesday nights ago. I was pulled up to CVS to get a prescription for uh, us before we went on our trip. And I was not having a good day. You ever have a, you always have good days? can, Can preachers have bad days? I was not having a good day. I didn't feel good. I, I, uh, I wanted just to get through the drive-thru, pick up my prescription, and go about my business. I didn't want to see anybody. didn't want to talk any, to anybody. I didn't want to be friendly. I just wanted to do it. And so I pull up, and, and um, I'm just sitting there. And the guy comes to the window, and he told him my name, needed a prescription. And here's what he said. And he may be here today. <laughs> he said, you're a preacher, aren't you? Ah, got really spiritual all of a sudden. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, how did you know? And he said, we've been attending the church where you pastor. And it hit me again. God said to me, boy... You are never off duty representing me. See, we're a kingdom of priests. That's what Exodus 29 is all about. 
God called Israel, God has called the church to be a kingdom of priests to represent him wherever we go, to represent God to the people and to represent the people to God. And I felt like I didn't have to do that that day. I could just be all by myself and closed in and close everybody else out. Listen, you as a Christian don't have that obligation. You don't have that responsibility. You don't have that privilege. You have the responsibility and the obligation to always be on duty for Jesus Christ. Wherever you go, even when you're on vacation, you're on duty. And as I shared that, so many these different things with them, um, I heard from time and time again from several of the mission, many of the missionaries how they were encouraged by the word of God. One lady said this. She said, I never dreamed I could be so encouraged from Exodus and Leviticus. But that reminded me of the power of the word of God. It's the word of God that lifts us up, that challenges us, that encourages us. And don't neglect to share it with other people. When God speaks a word to you, it's not probably just for you. It's probably meant to be shared with someone else. So when God speaks to you, seek that day to give that away. And watch what God will do. We also learn the power of prayer. Verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We prayed. In fact, when we started talking about this trip, most of the team thought, how are we going to afford to go on this trip? But we began to pray. And God provided, and God used you and your generous gifts to be able to send this team overseas to do the work that God called us to do. You, in answer to our prayer, made a way for us to go. We saw the power of prayer. We had some team members that that were so discouraged that they would say, I don't know that I'm going to be able to go because of the money. And I would just say, let's just trust God. Let's just pray and just wait and just see what God will do. And God came through for every single team member that felt led to go. Listen, God taught us a lesson and God's teaching us all a lesson. Is just because we think we can't afford it doesn't mean it's not God's will. And that's true for a whole church. When there's something that we come to and we feel like God's leading us to, it's not about the bottom line, can we afford it? The bottom line is, is God asking us to do it? That's the bottom line. Amen? Let's get off of this, can we afford it? That ain't the bottom line. That's a disobedient question. The bottom line is, is God telling us to do it? Yes or no? Yes, then guess what? He will make what? A way. We learned that. We're learning that. We learn the power of protection, the power of God's protection. Y'all know where we went. Y'all know what we faced. We were all thinking about this coronavirus, and some of you still are. Some of you still won't shake our hand. Bob's got some uh, hand sanitizer right up here. I sanitized before I came up here, but anyway. We weren't worried I don't think there was a team member that was really worried because we'd prayed and we'd asked you to pray. And you did, and God protected us. That doesn't mean, uh, you know, that 
that God's always going to protect his people going out on the mission field from harm and, and, and hardship because he doesn't always. But I certainly believe he did for this mission team. And uh, he protected us. And uh, not just uh, physically, but also spiritually because we went into a dark, uh, demonic part of the world. I think that's probably true of this country. We just don't recognize it as much. But God protected us. We saw the, the power of God's providence. One of the things that we asked for was some divine appointments that God would speak through us. And we saw God give those to us throughout the, the week. But that was a result of the power of prayer. You prayed. We prayed. And God heard. We also saw the power of the Holy Spirit to use willing people as his vessels. Look at verse 19. Paul says, And pray for me that utterance may be given to me. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that it may that it in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Every member of this team, that was one of their main prayer concerns, was that they would be able to lead and to do, to communicate to the groups that they were going to be communicating to. And what we saw was the power of the Holy Spirit to use willing people as his vessels through which to speak. And he did that. Listen, you don't have it and I don't have it. But if you'll just be a willing vessel, if you'll just say every day, Lord, I'm yours. I'm your mouthpiece. I'm your vessel. I'll be your channel. I want to be a channel of blessing. I want to be a channel of, of, of love. and of, uh, I, want to, I want my life, my body, my countenance, my expression to be a, a manifestation of the life of Jesus Christ to everybody I meet. If you would just yield, if we will yield daily, you'll see the power of the Holy Spirit at work. And you'll, you'll be surprised at what God will do through your life. And you see, you'll be a blessing it will feed you. That's one of the things I shared with our missionaries. As the priest, as the people brought the offerings, some of the offerings were to be wholly burnt up, but some were to be left, and the priest would eat from those offerings. In other words, our nurture, our satisfaction comes from our serving the Lord. Jesus said it like this, at the experience of the woman at the well. The disciples had gone to town. They were hungry. Jesus was at the well. What was he doing? He was telling that woman about the life she could have, the eternal life that could satisfy the thirsting of her soul. And here comes these disciples back from town. They just had lunch. I'm paraphrasing, you know. And they said, Jesus, what would you eat for lunch? And Jesus said, my food is to do the work of him who sent me. You see, when you're doing the work of the Lord, when you're doing what God has called you to do, and you're, you're being a vessel for Him, it has its own reward. It's satisfying. It's nurturing. And just like food, it is addictive. How many of you are addicted to food? If you don't have your hand up, I dare you to miss lunch. <laughs> and if you vote to miss lunch, I'll just keep on preaching. I'll help you out with that. But anyway... We're all addicted to food. We ought to, and we ought to be addicted to the food and the, that 
of serving the Lord. And it's more satisfying even than food. And then lastly, we learn the power of encouragement and cooperation. Listen to these last verses of chapter 6 of Ephesians. But that you also may know my affairs. This is Paul speaking. He says to this church, he's writing a letter to this church. He says, I want you to know what's going on in my life. I want you to know how I'm doing. He said, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you. So what he's saying is, I'm sending a representative from me to you so you can know how I'm doing. He said, I have sent to you, verse 21, for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs, that he may comfort your hearts. Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. To me, this speaks of the power of encouragement and cooperation. These believers needed to be encouraged. And so Paul sends Tychicus to encourage them and to tell that church of what was going on in Paul's life. Now, Paul was, was our first missionary, if you would. And so what has happened here for our church and for that group of missionaries is that reciprocal benefit. You sent us a group of 18 Tychicus, whatever, those guys. And we went over and encouraged and sought to bring comfort and peace and a blessing to them. And we come home and we are reporting of their affairs and what, what is going on in their lives and what, how God is working uh, in them. And one of the things that they wanted me to say to you was this. And in April, by the way, if, if, if it works out, we're going to have a couple come uh, who lives and serves in India. And they're going to come because they, that's, he said, that's what I want to do. I want to come and personally thank your church. And they told me, please tell your church, thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for praying. And thank you for sending a team. They couldn't, they couldn't believe. I mean, it blew their mind that a 18 people from one church would travel 12 hours around the globe to go minister to them. And here's, they said so many things. They said, it's so neat that we can come here and give our children to you and trust you and not have to worry. And we had their kids all day long. They didn't have to worry. And they said, please tell your church, thank you for sending y'all. Please tell your church, thank you for praying for us and giving. You know, I make no apologies about being a Southern Baptist. I make no apologies about the way we do missions. I think the way we do missions is the best way to do it. I'm sorry, I do. We don't have to argue about it. But I just do. I think when a group of churches come together and say, you know what, we're going to take at least 10% of all of our tithes and offerings, and we're going to pull them together in a fund called the Cooperative Program. And we're going to fund all of the mission work that we do. Plus, we're going to use Lottie Moon Christmas offering money for international missions. Then we're going to use Annie Armstrong Easter offering money, which we... We'll take up next week for our North American missions. And we're going to send it all over here to do the work of spreading the good news of Jesus around the world. To support our missionaries and their work around the world. And listen, one of the things we got to see was we got to see firsthand your and our cooperative program dollars at work. And our missionaries said, our convention, our agency takes such good care of us and provides things for us 
that no other mission agency does for their missionaries. And she and, and uh, happened to be a woman, but they said one of the things is other mission agencies say to them, wow, I wish our mission agency took care of us like y'all's mission agency takes care of y'all. We got to see the power of encouragement and cooperation and that your dollars that you give week after week, we got to see that at work. And they wanted us to come home and say to you, thank you. Thank you. I wonder. I know God's not finished. I know there's more to do. I wonder who God would raise out of this church to be a part of the next team to go. Would you be willing to say even today, as Isaiah said to the Lord, as the Lord said to him, Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? I wonder if you would be like Isaiah, even before you know where or when or how much, would you raise your hand before God and say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Would you be one to say that? Don't let age or economic conditions of your family finances, or anything be a hindrance, just raise your hand to God and say, God, if you're calling me, I'll go. Here I am. Send me. It may start this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the dental health clinic. It may be next year when you go off on a, uh, an international trip like this team did. But would you just raise your hand to God and say, God, here I am. Send me. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you see in your mind... You're standing before God, and God is saying to you, Who shall I send? Would you picture in your mind you raising your hand to God and saying, God, here I am. Send me. I'll go. He will bless that. And trust me, he will send you. Ask God to help you to be willing to go wherever he leads you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege you have given this church to be on mission for you. Lord, I pray that you would raise up many more out of this congregation of believers who will be on mission for you everywhere they go. 360 degrees all around their lives, wherever they go. But Lord, I also pray that you'd raise up people from this church who will be called specifically to a people, to a nation, Lord, who would be called out of this congregation to another group of people to plant their lives and serve in another place to reach people for Christ. Because, Lord, we're supposed to be not just a gathering institution, but a sending institution. So, Lord, I pray that you would send out more, raise up more laborers for your harvest that the name of Jesus 
might be proclaimed. And that others might come to know you through him. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.